Welcome to the biggest thing to hit the financial advisory ESG community, environmental, social, and governance. I'm Jonathan Kavaznik, CHFC Wealth Advisor. With over 25 years advisory experience, I've been advising clients so they can make a positive global impact. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to our uh, monthly uh, webinar. Uh, today, we're going to talk about something that's very timely, and uh, we're going to do a little briefer format today. Uh, Joe Eisenberger, uh, who's a Bank Cherokee commercial loan officer, is going to be on with me today. And I, John Kavaznik, the uh, investment advisor here at Bank Cherokee with Cherokee Investments, I'm going to talk about the interest rate environment and a lot of uh, people are in a short-term panic about rising rates and what's going on with uh, the bond market and the interest rates. And then Joe's going to come and talk uh, at the second half about how it affects your loans and uh, what you want to do about planning for rising interest rates based on having um, bank loans and home equity loans and things of that nature. So I think we'll kick it off. If you have any questions, um, I like the format for those of you who have attended before where we uh, ask the questions as we go. So feel free to input into the question box, type it in there, anything that you hear that you'd like a little more information on or a little more in depth. If you feel like you don't wanna do that, of course you can email me or look me up on bankcherokee.com website and get information that way as well. Or we'll have our contact information at the end, whether it's related to your investment portfolios in the bond market or related to your loan portfolios and some of the business you might be doing on the bank side, uh, Joel will be available to help you with that as well. So we're gonna kick it off. I have some uh, slides I'd like to uh, present and Again, we don't like it to be too formal. We want it to be a, very informational. So feel free to uh, jump on in with your questions. Uh, Landon, our uh, marketing uh, advisor is online with us. And if you send in a question, he'll interrupt us uh, so that we can answer those on a timely fashion. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and start. And so our first uh, slide is gonna be talking about stay the course. And so why are we saying that right now is because People really feel that as interest rates have been rising since the start of the year, that their investment portfolios appear every single month to be losing value. And one of the things we want to keep in mind is why is it losing value and what does that mean for your investment portfolio and how you should react or whether you should make any changes. And so the name of the course for a good reason is called Stay the Course, right? Because even as the bond markets are changing, there's still reasons for us to be into the bond market and not necessarily looking to invest into the stock market or into alternatives or other more aggressive investments just because the bond market has had a short-term decrease in its pricing. And so we're going to go over that today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's causing the values to drop, what you should be doing. Uh, you should be staying the course uh, is really going to be the answer, but we're going to talk about why. And then we're going to talk a little bit about what's going to help us become whole again if you find yourself in a situation where your portfolios are down and you thought they were very safe or they were safer in the bond market, fixed income side of the marketplace. And also uh, people are finding that they're not taking into account their long-term original uh, approach or just the idea that there's some value going forward to your bond portfolio even when the prices drop. So let's dive in and let's talk a little bit about what causing the marketplace uh, to do that? So if we look at the first slide here, um, see if I can get it to advance. There we go. So lower volatility helps us preserve capital. 
So let's remind ourselves again why we're in the bond market in the first place and maybe not in the stock side of the marketplace. And that's because it historically will have lower volatility, meaning lower uh, upsides, but also lower downsides. And if we look at this chart, it shows us the worst uh, bond market up until this year, which is an interesting statistic, but up until this year, the worst bond market was 1994, where we had a negative 2.9% drop. And the worst stock market, which was the financial crisis, was a negative 38% in 2008. So you can see that if we stay on the lower volatility, the less risky fixed income side over time, there might be some blips where it goes down, but the severity of the downturn is nowhere near what it could be by using more aggressive stock portfolios and alternatives and investments that are much more volatile. And so we wanna keep that in mind when we're looking at our portfolios. So if we look at the year to date for the bond market today and why so many people are seeing a downturn in their portfolios, is the 10-year treasury year-to-date price is negative 10%. Again, so if we look at it historically, it's a, it's a very big drop compared to the worst of 1994. However, it's still earning yield, and we're gonna talk about that in a moment because there's a relationship between the interest rates rising and the value of my fixed income dropping, and it's math. And so there's an old saying that math doesn't lie. And so we're gonna look at the math and we're gonna talk about why it's important not to have a knee-jerk reaction in the short term and to let our portfolios do their thing and to understand why the prices drop, but also understand how we're gonna become whole again if we just stay the course and we don't make any rational or irrational adjustments in the marketplace. So let's talk about the idea that maybe I should be moving everything to cash. So Right now, some people are seeing, again, some pretty big negative numbers on their fixed income. Interest rates have gone on the 10-year treasury, which is kind of our benchmark, a year ago from 1.5% to the current interest rate of about 3%, which is a pretty big move historically. On the flip side, it also means that we're earning a lot more interest on our new reinvested money into the new bonds. Or if we own existing bonds, while the price has dropped, the yield has gone up. And so why that's important is because you can see that if we move everything to cash, while the green line here on the slide shows us that cash is a very smooth uh, line and uh, it doesn't have much volatility, it also means we're not gonna make over time a very high rate of return in comparison to allowing the bond market to ebb and flow and work through its fluctuations and understanding the compounding effect of letting those fixed income investments that may be down now let the cash reinvest from the dividends, let it buy in at the changing in the prices and work itself through. So I'm gonna take a little minute here to go to one other slide from this other PowerPoint. And this is a really important uh, understanding that we need to have. The interest rates and the bond prices. So as I mentioned a few minutes ago, is there's a relationship mathematically when interest rates rise, it's a seesaw. And you can see from the illustration that rates are rising currently, which is the blue circle. But that means bond prices and the prices of our portfolio will drop inversely. Okay, so there's an inverse relationship. It also means, though, as rates rise, the yield is going up, even though the prices are going down. And so technically, we're going to really get about the same amount of monthly yield or annual yield from the portfolio, even if the short term, the prices have dropped. But that's the relationship. Rates rise and the bond prices fall. So it's an inverse relationship that's taking place right now, but typically when rates stop rising or stop falling, 
of course, then it plateaus. And we'll either have higher rates that are backfilling and buying the newer bonds at the newer, higher rates, or we'll have the opposite, which is prices will rise because rates start to fall. So this is really key to understanding why we want to stay the course and owning our more safer, more conservative fixed income and not reacting to the fact that year to date, we've had a very large drop in the uh, prices of fixed income. But we have to remember the yield has also gone up mathematically equal in a sense, okay? So let's talk about what we can do about that in relationship to why it's important to have uh, different parts of the marketplace. So here's an interesting slide that's gonna tell us, depending on what part of the fixed income market, right? Whether we have corporate bonds or government bonds or treasuries or high yield or municipals, they react differently when interest rates are moving. And so it's important for us to think about the idea that if we have a diversified bond portfolio of fixed income, some are more extremely being affected with the interest rates rising and some are being less uh, extreme affected with the interest rates rising. And this is a neat chart to show us that if we look at to the left, it says the rate hike period from 1988 to 89 there underneath the blue uh, title rate hike period. U.S. Treasuries were a positive. Everything was a positive in that scenario. Then we get to a year like uh, 2099 uh, to 2000, right? And some things were negative like high yield, but other things like Treasuries still held their own. So we're in a current environment right now because interest rates moved so rapidly over the last six months that all of the fixed income market in every category, if we had a slide to show today, is negative. What we wanna be aware of is that also means that every category has a higher interest yield that they're paying us while we're waiting for the interest to come back in and either buy more bonds or let it go to cash and we can buy more bonds on our own as we accumulate enough cash to buy back into the pools. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. different kinds of bonds, right? So we don't have to necessarily just buy government bonds, but government bonds, of course, are issued by the government. And what is a bond, right? So a bond is gonna be something that is issued to uh, supply some debt for an entity. So if we think about it, a business or somebody of that nature is trying to uh, accumulate some funds because they wanna borrow the money from us and it's either gonna be a government that does it or it's gonna be a corporation that does it or it's gonna be housing, maybe it's mortgages or government housing, or it's gonna be junk bonds or high yield, um, depending on what entity is looking to borrow the money from us. So think about it as you and I are giving them the money as if we were the bank, but we're taking risk because of course, there's no guarantees necessarily that we're gonna get paid back, depending on whether it's a corporate bond or a high yield bond or a government bond. And so we wanna keep that in mind is that the bonds get issued at a certain value. They always start at par, which is a $1,000 face value. And when they mature, they come back to that no matter what interest rates have done. So again, we wanna think about that in the short run, all these different bond categories have a different effect based on what interest rates are doing and the risk that they uh, contain. But in the long term, all of the bonds, unless they were to default, are eventually going to come back to par. And why is that important? Because when they come back to par, that means we're gonna be made whole again, okay? So let's look at um, 
what does that mean? So here we go. Here's a neat little slide that tells us that bonds are basically a loan, right? And here's how a bond works. So if you think about that you're in a fixed income, a treasury, or you have higher yield corporate bonds, or you have municipal bonds, they all get issued at a face value when they're new. Let's just say, as the example shows, at $1,000. And they're going to pay a yield. And this is an example, the coupon, which is 5%. And no matter what happens, unless it defaults, that 5% coupon is going to get generated. What's going to change is whether or not it's worth a $1,000 face value before it matures. Okay, And so that's what we want to take into account. This is the key reason why we want to continue to hold our municipals and our fixed income and our corporate bonds is because we have a coupon that's coming in and unless it defaults, we're going to continue to get the interest. And if it does default, we don't want to own one bond. That's why we're going to have a diversified portfolio. So one default wouldn't derail us. And if interest rates in the marketplace rise, which they have been doing this year, the coupon stays the same at 5%, but the yield on the bond is going to go up. It's still going to go up because it's an inverse relationship. So again, if my bond's only worth $900, it's still going to earn the 5% coupon. So as a percentage of my $900, it's the higher percentage, right? It's still earning the 5% based on the original amount. So I kind of just wanted to talk about that today, get everyone on the same uh, page that don't panic. Uh, we don't want to be a seller uh, when interest rates have risen like they have. Um, we want to be able to hold ground and let us have the less volatility, let it have its opportunity to earn its interest and backfill, okay? If you have any questions, please feel free to put them into the question box. At this point, I'm going to uh, turn it over to uh, Joel here to tell you the other side of the coin, which is if you're in the marketplace to be the person who borrows the money and you're going to have a loan portfolio, um, then you want to understand how this affects that. Okay, uh, Joel, if you want to go ahead, uh, talk a little bit about the loans and how they get affected by rising rates, and then I'll come back at the end and we'll do a final summary. All righty. Sounds good, John. Thank you. Yeah, so as John shared earlier, uh, my name is Joel Eisenberger. I am a commercial lender here at Bank Cherokee. And yeah, similar to what John is talking about, you know, we're hearing a lot from our current clients as well as prospective clients uh, as far as concern about the rising interest rates. You know, I'm sure as we all have heard in the news or otherwise, you know, the Fed has already increased some of their benchmark rates twice this year. They're forecasting that there are gonna be a couple more to go with one potentially coming here by the end of June that could be as high as potentially 75 basis points. Whether that actually occurs, who knows? You know, if I had a crystal ball just like the rest of you, probably wouldn't be doing the day job anymore, right? But the one thing I wanna pound home here is, again, you know, there's just, there's a lot of unknowns with the interest rate environment currently. You know, part of what the Fed does in these situations when you are dealing with an economy that's struggling with inflation is, you know, they do pursue the rate increases. However, another kind of tool in their toolkit, which we're feeling the effects of now, is forecasting those rate hikes. Whether they actually come to fruition, again, we don't know that, but just the mere effect of them forecasting the potential of having that rate hike can affect the market. And that's part of what we're seeing now. Uh, as far as, you know, borrowing as a business owner or, you know, if you're an investment property owner, what have you, you know, a couple of key things I would share today is, you know, number one, when you, if you are going to pursue financing or you know that is going to be a need for you in the near term, 
I would encourage you to try to maybe move that up the priority list and get that financing in place sooner than later, or at least have your application at a spot where your lender is able to lock you in for an interest rate. That's gonna be pretty important on your side because you know, like I said, again, we could potentially be looking at another hike here in as soon as 30 days. So the sooner you're able to assemble a full package for your application, the sooner your lender is gonna be able to get you into some sort of rate lock arrangement. So that was the first thing I wanted to cover there. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about is just kind of a little historical perspective. You know, again, there's a lot of angst out there right now about rising interest rates. You know, how high could they go? What are we going to be dealing with? And one thing that's important to remember there is just, again, it's perspective. You know, during uh, the last couple of years, as we dealt with the COVID pandemic, interest rates were pushed, as we all know, were pushed very low, right? So now looking further back from that though, and going a little further back in our memory, let's remember back to, let's say, you know, 2018, 2019, where I think we can all agree that, you know, the stock market, as John can probably attest, was doing very well. The economy by all accounts was humming along very good. You were seeing a lot of really positive things, right? At that point of time, one thing I wanted to make sure to mention today was, you know, the Wall Street Journal prime rate which is a benchmark rate that a lot of banks and credit unions base their loan pricing on, or if you have some sort of like line of credit out there or otherwise, more often than not, banking-wise, you're gonna have your rate that you pay attached to that Wall Street Journal Prime index. Now, right now, Wall Street Journal Prime is sitting at 4%. So now again, as I was referencing, you know, if we wanna go back in our memories a little bit and look back at what we can all agree was a very good time for our economy, back again, 2018, 2019. If we look back in say August of 2019, that prime rate was at 5.25. That's a whole 1.25% higher than it is today. So again, I do think it's worth mentioning that, you know, again, lots of angst out there, lots of uncertainty out there. It is still important to kind of maintain a historical perspective on some of this stuff, if you will. Uh, one other thing I can mention here too, you know, just again, besides looking to try to get your rate locked sooner than later. Uh, one thing that we are seeing a lot is, you know, as a result of having those super low rates for this period of time in the not so distant past, we are seeing people still pursue variable rate products. So one product I see in particular is like a home equity line of credit. So, you know, like some other folks out there, my wife and I were fortunate enough to be able to buy a home last year, got that rate locked in at 3.25, right? Lots of different people refinanced their home mortgages or purchased homes and they were able to get some crazy low interest rates on their mortgage. As a result of that, now if you fast forward to today where you're seeing a 30 year mortgage rate starting with great credit and lots of other positive things in your favor, we're seeing 30 year rates start at five, 5.25%. So as a result of that, having that super low rate on your first mortgage, you know, in other years, maybe it would make sense to do a cash out refinance. You know, if you're going to spend, say, 50,000 bucks to build a new garage or whatever it is you're doing. In prior years, you know, if you were going to refinance your mortgage, you might be looking at, well, you're taking some cash out. You know, maybe your rate goes up, you know, 15 basis points, maybe 25 basis points. Whereas now, today, if you were going to try to pursue a cash out refinance, and you had refinanced you know, two years ago, or you bought your home two years ago, whatever you were doing, you're now looking at a pretty large increase to what your rate could be, which
which is going to jack up your payment. So I just I mentioned all that to say is we are still seeing a lot of people utilize variable rate products, which home equity lines of credit typically are. So you know again there is angst, there is volatility with the interest rates, but because a lot of folks have a pretty solid rate locked in on that first mortgage, you're still seeing people pursue the variable rate product. Uh, other than that, I didn't have a ton more to talk about today. You know, as John mentioned, you'll have our contact information on the bank website, also in follow-up material from today. So if anyone on the call does have any specific questions related to their business or otherwise, please feel free to reach out to me. I can take those anytime. Otherwise, I will turn this back over to John. Thank you so much, everyone, for uh, logging on today and watching the short webinar that we had going today. I'm just gonna take one second to, to thank Joel. Uh, for that presentation as well as joining me today. And then feel free again to contact Joel, uh, anything related to the commercial uh, loan side or to the home equity loan side or anything related to loans. And of course, reach out to me if you have further questions about some of the things we talked about and how it might fit into your uh, fixed income portfolios that you're trying to manage and trying to make sure you're doing the right uh, things in. Okay. Well, again, uh, thank you everyone for attending today. I appreciate your uh, the opportunity for Joel and I to speak with you. Uh, we'll be again on next month with another webinar and hopefully you'll be able to make that as well. And if you have an idea that you'd like to hear more information on, reach out to Joel or I and let us know because we'd love to do presentations that of interest to you so you can get material that you can benefit for uh, in your own lives. So thank you again and have a wonderful day. If you have any questions, please contact Jonathan Kavaznik at jkavaznik, that's K-V-A-S-N-I-K, at securitiesamerica.com. ESG Players Podcast can be found on iTunes, SoundCloud, and many other platforms through the Backroom Studios. That's Backroom Studios, S-T-E-W-D-I-O-S. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, Jonathan B. Kovacnik, CHFC, Registered Representative, Advisory Services offered through Securities America Advisories, Inc., Cherokee Investment Services, Bank Cherokee, and Securities America are separate companies, not FDIC insured, no bank guarantees, may lose value, not insured by any government agency, not bank deposits.